chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have former congressional candidate, author, teacher, poet, and newly appointed deputy director of Normal in Arizona, Michael Weiser. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Dave. I'm really excited to be here. I love cannabis radio. You know, I I love cannabis. I love radio. And the two just kind of go together, I'd say. Uh, So, Michael, tell us about uh, you. you, Obviously, you're fairly new to leadership position in Normal, but you've been involved in Normal. And and just in case any of our listeners don't know, uh, Normal is the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. They've, They've been doing it for, you know, basically 40 years. Um, and Michael is now uh, the deputy director of the state chapter of uh, Normal in Arizona. So to dive back into that, you weren't always uh, part of Normal, but you've always been uh, kind of part of Normal, right? Well, I started being active in Arizona marijuana in 2010. My wife ran for state senate. And though I've been a political activist since the early 90s, a writer, you know, just try to put myself out there on a lot of issues. I wasn't uh, a public smoker. I was in what they call the cannabis closet. I bet your listeners know what I mean. We are very familiar of that closet, and we're trying to push as many people out as possible. Yeah, yeah. So my wife was saying that uh, she's not a smoker, and she was ready to come out in her state senate run out here in Arizona as somebody who was in favor of legalization in 2010, the same year that it was going on the a, it was on the, the ballot for Prop 203. So um, this is prior to a medical law actually passing in Arizona that she was running in favor of uh, cannabis legalization or, or at least uh, aligning with that cause. Yes. Beth Weiser, my hat's off to her. I hope she's listening back at home with the dogs and cats and chickens. If not, we'll make her listen next time we see her. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get those chickens listening yet. So uh, anyway, I was so inspired by her. With all my record of writing and physical activism, she said, go to a 420 event and find out what normal is doing and then tell me about it. So I did. I went to a 420 event in April of 2010, met with state director at the time, Kathy T, now Kathy Inman, and I might know was her. real impressed with what people were doing. And I said, I, you know, I'm going to um, be more aligned with that. Then in 2012, I was a leader in, because nobody was supposed to be an organizer, right? I was a leader in Occupy in Kingman. And so like the, uh, the Occupy uh, movement and you were, you were one of the leaders of Occupy Kingman. What was the uh, what yeah, was the turnout like up in Kingman? Oh, it was as low as six on some. Uh, we we met like once a week on Saturday afternoons for a couple hours with our signs and and waved and honking horns and spoke together. It was as high as forty, as low as six or seven most of the time. It was about a dozen, but 
uh, when they came up with the new redistricting for the state, no Democrat declared that they would run for, for Congress against the Republicans because Republicans had you know, typically won with 70 percent of the vote in our area. And somebody said, hey, you should run. And we all laughed. And then they kept looking at me. And, and next thing we know, I was running for Congress. Yeah. And so I came out as a marijuana smoker. I got my, my medical card. I've been battling a, an injury my whole life. So, you know, a back injury. So it was great to get some relief on that. And I really didn't want to have what they called a Michael Phelps moment. <laughs> you know, one day we'll get him out of the cannabis closet. I understand that he's training here in, in Arizona, so he would be a great voice to add to the fight. Go, Michael! Absolutely. Well, we'll definitely need to reach out to him one of these days and see if we can get him to uh, come to the green side. <laughs> so you you were a congressional candidate, I would assume, in the Kingman area. My home was in Kingman, uh, so high, actually, which is north of Kingman. But the congressional district, because it's sparsely populated, is is massive. It's about the size of the state of Pennsylvania, you know, land-wise. It's from Yuma to Utah, Parker to Payson, all around Phoenix and the places where people aren't. Um, <laughs> so, so, so I got to do a lot of traveling. And in, the, and in the wake of that, I kept finding that cannabis was an issue that people really wanted somebody to talk about. It was, I could find somebody to talk about education, immigration, LGBT rights. But everybody was acting like cannabis was some third rail when, in fact, you know, half of the American public has tried it. So it seemed like it was time that somebody you know, leaned in. I guess that's the phrase people use these days. Well, and it's, uh, you know, in, in that particular district, you were running against Paul Gassar, correct? That's correct. Paul is a former dentist from, uh, originally from Wyoming, and he leaped to prominence from the Flagstaff area. I was a school teacher in Western Arizona, predominantly in Bullhead City, porque yo hablo poquito español. <laughs> and once I ran for, for office, the whole scope of trying to affect change at that level is very compelling. I started doing uh, legislative meetings with elected officials on uh, marijuana reform, pushing for issues I know that we need to address, and then uh, became a focal point in a local group here in Arizona uh, called Safer Arizona, and did more legislative things. It's on and on. Now, when you were uh, with Safer, um, you were you were basically over their political wing, correct? Uh, yeah, that's a way to put it. I started out as the legislative liaison and then became the executive director in June of 14. They had a, a desire to get really big, but they weren't approaching what they needed with their signature drive. So I said, well, let's start again and build for 2016, and I'll give direction. So I started uh, putting more of my emphasis on that than, well, not more, but then on my campaign. And before I knew it, I was, like, running Safer Arizona for a while. Now, what, uh, what was, or what is Safer Arizona? Well, currently, 
It's a group. It's an idea. It's a broadcasting thing. It's definitely a Facebook presence. And it's the activist crowd, the cheerleaders for... It sounds like it's a multifaceted. I, we got to take a quick break. I think we'll have to dive into the definition of what that is. When we get back, State of Cannabis, Michael Weiser. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, Most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines, welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have a former congressional candidate, author, teacher, poet, and a newly appointed director of Normal in Arizona, Michael Weiser. We were just talking about a few different things. You know, your run uh, as a congressional candidate in probably what sounds like a very difficult district, you know, very spread apart. And, you know, as a person who uh, donates their time as opposed to being paid for their time, uh, you know, that must have been a challenge to be able to really touch on all the different areas in the in, in your in that district. It you was. Know. It was. I eventually I had told students because I was a, a history teacher, government. I told them how important it was to be strong citizens and stand up and face the challenge when we need. I mean, anybody could look and see that America's in crisis. And like the old typing exercise says, now is the time for all good citizens to come to the aid of their country. So I found that folks wanted an inspiration. They wanted somebody who would stand up and it was difficult, but 
it was also very compelling to me. I had to actually leave teaching to do it full time to give it the focus it needed. And in 2014, I uh, was the nominee for the Democratic Party in Congressional District 4. So that was the Democratic nominee? I was the Democratic nominee for uh, Congressional District 4 in Arizona. When the election was done, I got just under 26 percent of the vote. Yeah, that's uh, that's Which impressive. Is, that's that's actually very it, impressive when you put contextually into place what it was that you did uh, to get from point A to point B and get that kind of a, a response. And again, so, you know, a, a seated elected official, you know, I mean, it's always tough to unseat, you know, to usurp that throne. There was only 21 percent registered Democrats in the district. So so you flipped a, fl- a few Republicans in that race, then it sounds like. I at least got some of the independents. Rural Arizona is becoming more and more independent as people reject the excesses uh, of the national parties. I'm not sure in the long run that people will continue to support political parties other than candidates and, and campaigns. You know, candidates and campaigns need parties. The rest of America doesn't as much as they once did. And they all act as if they're pretty much the same, generally, it seems, anyways. So we were, we were talking just a minute before, you know, about what, uh, what that organization is that uh, you, you were formerly with, uh, SAFER. Ah, uh, so- SAFER Arizona, yes. So SAFER Arizona was political action committee supporting a ballot initiative in 2013 and 14. And we had a, a ballot measure to legalize marijuana. We also had a piece of legislation. HB 2474, that would have decriminalized marijuana offenses at least uh, up to about two pounds. It would have changed uh, different penalties in that ladder of punishment. Both of those items were penned by uh, Dennis Bolke. I was more or less the, uh, the cheerleader, the advocate carrying the bill around, but we ended up with a lot of support. We ended up with about 14 different legislators who uh, risked re-election to support marijuana reform and then inspired now Congressman Ruben Gallego to launch his own bill for reform. We've worked with uh, Mark Cardenas, Juan Mendez, Martin Quesada, Rosanna Gabaldon, and a host of others on marijuana legalization or, or at least improving the lawns, you know? So now would you say that the shift is starting to happen within the legislature, that they're starting to realize that it's a uh, a bigger issue than what they potentially had been doing prior and just sweeping it under the rug and not addressing, you know, the criminality of cannabis, not addressing it, uh, you know, first and foremost as being legitimate medicine. Would you say that the air is shifted with the within the legislature, at least within this state? I'm going to say not quite yet, but it's really on its way. The avalanche of medical evidence is, is undeniable. I don't know if you saw it, but Time Magazine has an entire commemorative issue on marijuana that's going to be on the stands for the next two months. Everywhere you look, marijuana is becoming the cultural norm. So we are in a, we are in a period of evolution I want it to finish up in 2016 or at least legalization. We certainly put less people in jail, you know, once we can get some something in front of the ballot. And, and you know, that's a topic I wanted to circle back on. You know, uh, they had, uh, you know, launched an initiative and essentially that um, 
that initiative was similar to another initiative uh, that was recently put out by the MPP. And, you know, the the thing about this is that it always, for me, I, I, I want to see legalization. And, and I'm sure you feel the same way that you, you want to see legalization. But the crux of it, and, and one of the reasons why you are no longer with SAFER, uh, will tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, just to, just to note, SAFER's 2014 initiative was based on Colorado's 2012 initiative, by and large, which uh, was a product of MPP, the Marijuana Policy Project. When I assessed our 2014 ballot measure run, I said that, uh, you know, SAFER leadership, we're not going to get what we want on our own. We have to partner up with MPP. Let's go back to the drawing board and see what they're doing. MPP brought forward the suggestion that their new evolved model of marijuana legalization was coming out of uh, Nevada. Now, this sounds all arcane, I'm sure, to many people as I explain it, but the new model of, of legalization that it, as MPP envisioned it was breaking down existing monopolies and letting, or giving opportunity anyway, for average citizens to buy licenses and get into the market in a variety of fields. It was... Uh, Seems fair. It, yeah, it's, it was actually pretty revolutionary for, for Arizona. Uh, and when they, they brought this forward in January of, of this year, because the dispensary model that we have right now is essentially a vertical monopoly. Anybody who has the state is broken down into 126 different parts by the Department of you know, Public Health, DHS. These parts are called chaws. Within each chaw, there is one dispensary allowed to operate, and that dispensary has absolute control of all legal marijuana activity in that area. So they are the license that grows the marijuana, the people who transport it, the folks who process it into other things or process it into edibles and such. And then also the people who sell it at the store, one license, all those aspects. So it, it, it certainly really is, uh, it, it certainly is, is, uh, you know, it sounds like a situation that, uh, is, you know, regulated. It sounds like it's, uh, you know, probably more so than needed. Yeah. It, actually at it, the time, it made good sense for the medical program or it made sense considering how the evolution of marijuana legislation, the state of art at the time when they wrote it, it made sense. But today, we can diversify. Uh, you know, marijuana is this trillion-dollar industry that's moving into into the sunlight. Exactly, and, and, and you know that's the that's the point right there. You know, is is today. You know, uh, laws that were written yesterday are not and should not reflect what is happening today. We constantly need to be evolving what our laws look like. We constantly need to be pushing the envelope, not just with cannabis, but with everything. And, you know, I think that right. cannabis has really pulled a lot more activists out of the woodwork than, than other topics have in, in the past. Uh, Michael, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, State of Cannabis, Michael Weiser, we'll be right back with you folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com, when we return. Dr. Dabber, hurry, it's 
temperature is shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. (laughs) (laughs) Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the the, the king, right? You just have, you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. (laughs) The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Michael Weiser. And, uh, you know, we've been having a wonderful conversation. We obviously, we know each other. We're in Arizona and we have we have battles just like I think most other states are having. And, you know, it, it can be a heartfelt uh, battle that's going on. You know, well, it's I don't want to say brother against brother, but, you know, essentially it is. And, you know, we, we have many different arguments. We have many different, you know, positions. But, you know, one thing that I'd always like to focus on is that the most important thing is getting cannabis legal. And now we can call it legal or we can call it regulate. But the, the truth is, is that everything in this world is, is regulated from tomatoes to the, to the socks in your feet. You know, they, they truly are. And so, I mean, that isn't necessarily a negative word. I mean, people will say, you know, socialism is, or socialist is, is negative, but you know, we have many social things in our existence. We have parks, we have libraries, we have schools. These are all social things that we must have for a society to function. So we can't just simply. Yeah, I, I look around me in my word. car. Uh-huh. I look around me in my car and there's not a thing inside this car that isn't regulated. Because we have, it's a commodity. While people can grow marijuana on their own and enjoy it on their own, like tomatoes, the vast majority of society will not and will end up in the market seeking their marijuana. Thus, it becomes a commodity and that needs to be regulated. And once it's uh, sold, you know, then everything has changed. I remember talking to, uh, to a gentleman who was a pilot. And he was talking about the difference that a pilot has to go through 
when they are uh, just doing it for fun versus when they're charging for it. And it's staggering the amount of, of things that they have to do, the amount of money that they would have to spend to make sure that their vehicle is flight worthy. And, you know, it's important to, to think that uh, these same principles should probably be applied to anything that our bodies consume or can be harmed by. Um, you know, well, much like we want to make sure we have hard hats and, and you know, steel toe shoes, you know, when we're in a, uh, in a, in a work environment, you know, whether it's a, a warehouse or, or a, you know, a construction site. I and mean, we do that just to keep ourselves safe. And um, the, uh, the Arizona mar- medical marijuana industry as it stands is one of the more regulated things that you could have. It, it's like nuclear energy with all the rules. But um, we have to have basic structures to have society function. It's not just a couple of guys in their backyard anymore. Like I say, a trillion-dollar industry. We have an economic shift of power coming from Mexican drug cartels to, you know, American entrepreneurs. We have medical miracles going on. Without a doubt. You know, we we just had Lisa Bolivar on the show uh, some time back. And uh, she she's uh, the founder of the uh, Cannabis Consumers Coalition up in, in Denver. And, you know, one of the interesting things that we had touched on is is that exact same thing that, you know, we, we have to we have to be cognizant of, of testing, of, of making sure we don't have pesticides, things like that. And one of the, the, the points that I had made as well was, you know, I, I'd always dreamed of that time when I just simply went down to my corner of the store and I picked up a pack of joints. And, you know, I, I would never, at least at that time, I mean, granted, that's 30 years ago, um, I would never have envisioned that it'd be not like a Marlboro or a Camel or something like that, a variety. And we always joked about that. That being what we bought was the next tobacco thing. And I think in the back of my mind, I always kind of envisioned, you know, big business just kind of moving in and taking it. But one of the shifts that I've seen, you know, obviously, 30 years later is, you know, we can look at, uh, at beer, you know, cause that's probably, you know, alcohol is probably the closest way to, you know, tie in what, uh, what a cannabis would look like versus what alcohol would look like. And with, with alcohol, you know, there was Budweiser's, there was the, the hams, there was these big, you know, uh, breweries. And now all of a sudden we have a lot of these craft breweries that they only brew in small batches. They really care about what they do. And I think that, uh, you know, Americans, um, at least from the consumer aspect, they embrace those, those types of craft, uh, uh, offerings more so than, than, you know, 30 years ago. Oh, of course. Uh, and we're in a society now uh, where a variety of things to consume is what we expect as our basic right. Um, once upon a time, like when I was a kid, there were three channels. Now there's a whole internet. So uh, having market niches where people can find something that, that's specifically to their taste as opposed to just the general thing has got to be part of of this 21st century society, and it's definitely part of the way that marijuana works in America. You know, exactly. It big brands, but everybody's got their favorite little, you know. And for those who strive, there's always going to be a, a place uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, in, in the American dream, you know, and I'm, I'm confident in that. You know, Michael, we're, we're all out of time. I, uh, I can and will talk with you about these topics 
often and at length. Um, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on the show. Uh, just to recap, uh, Michael Weiser, uh, former teacher, former congressional candidate, uh, author, poet, uh, now uh, the uh, newly appointed deputy director of Normal in Arizona, and just an all-around okay. gem. <laughs> Absolutely go team. Uh, Michael Weiser, thank you so much for showing up. You can uh, thank you also for uh, joining us, uh, our listeners. Uh, you can download past episodes uh, of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Uh, you can also follow the show on Facebook and Google+. I'm your host, Dave Inman, and we'll talk with you next time. expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.